Today's episode of the Hot 4 podcast is proudly sponsored by SSV Limited. From tanks to full brew houses, SSV Limited has got you covered. SSV Limited have established themselves as the go-to partner to help you grow your brewery. High quality tanks, parts, brewing kit, coupled with the knowledge and experience to ensure your project runs smoothly from beginning to completion, whether it's equipment supply, fully turnkey or anything in between. Their parts shop stocks well over a thousand essential brewing parts to keep your brewery up and running, many of which are available on next day delivery. Visit their website on ssvlimited.co.uk. That's ssvlimited.co.uk. This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the sound of the Hop Forward Podcast. Riding the number one slot for the 94th week in a row, it's the smash hit show that's brought you all the classics from Magic Rock to the Yeasty Boys. Welcome to Top of the Hops. Yeah, maybe not. I can see why all those radio stations now didn't respond to my letters about me being a DJ. Uh, Anyway, music and beer are like hand in glove. When they come together, it's like it's raining men or something. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let's see how many more musical puns I can squeeze into this intro this week. Because this week we are talking all about beer and music with Signature Brew. Like many musicians, myself included, founders and cousins Sam and Tom left the touring circuit back in 2011 to set up Signature Brew with the same DIY spirit that most artists and musicians adopt when creating and releasing their own records. Signature Brew channels the spirit and energy of live music into a brewery that stands for craftsmanship, artistry and passion and has won the praise from the likes of Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, Kerrang, Enemy and MTV as well as the wider UK beer press including the Morning Advertiser, The Independent and Channel 4's Sunday Brunch. Whereas most breweries collaborate with other breweries, uh, Signature Brew have teamed up with musicians including Mogwai, Alt-J, Slaves, Doctors and Dynamite, and most recently, and most recently, possibly one of the greatest leotard-wearing cock rock bands of the modern era. I am, of course, talking about no other than The Darkness. Love that band. So good. Uh, Whatever your musical preference, I'm sure you've been to countless gigs where the only beer offerings were bland macro lagers and tasteless smooth flow bitters. But Signature Brew are on a mission to change that by promoting live music, whenever that will happen again, uh, to the accompaniment of great beer. There are so many analogies and parallels to be drawn between the beer and music industries. It's little wonder why many 20 and 30 somethings hung up their bass guitars in exchange of a mash paddle. I also think that the release culture surrounding new beers to some extent is a direct replacement for many as a result of music becoming digitized. 
Long gone are the days when you had to scrimp and save all your pocket money and then travel to the nearest record store after school to pick up the latest single from your favourite band and then carry it all the way home imagining what those songs and b-sides sounded like. Would it meet your expectations? Would you be severely disappointed? That was the gamble and the risk you'd take. Again, not too dissimilar to the latest hype beer releases from Insert Brewery right here, right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, we're approaching episode 100, poop, poop, where I'll be taking a break until next spring uh, before relaunching with the new season. I'm already lining up interviews in that period with some international brewers and brew pubs and bars and manufacturers and distributors and all kinds of things. So uh, we're going going global. It's going to have more of a global emphasis on the podcast. And maybe, who knows, maybe I'll reinvent myself like Madonna or David Bowie or something. Or maybe not. Uh, But one of the reasons I'm taking a break, and forgive me for the utterly shameless self-promotion, but I'm a marketeer and a performer, so whatever. Uh, One of the reasons is I'm in the throes of recording an album, uh, which I'll be releasing in March next year. Now, it's been a long time coming since my last one, 10 years to be precise, and I'm utterly chuffed to bits with this collection of songs. So given both the theme of uh, music and beer this week and that you lot are my trusty listeners for slash guinea pigs, I'm going to give you an exclusive play of the lead single coming early January called Leave a Little Room. Now, this song actually does tie in with my beer story, so bear with me. Um, Back in 2015, when um, I was brewing Emanuel's and I started Cookie Brewing out of the Sheffield Brewery Company, I was working part-time and doing that and doing the school run. And both my kids were in different locations. So on my brew day, I would drop my wife off at her work. I would drive to the edge of the city to drop off my youngest at preschool. I'd drive back into the city to drop off my oldest at school. Then I'd go to the brewery, I'd brew, and then I'd do the whole thing in reverse and then go back to the brewery and clean up. And I remember feeling like, have you ever seen Breaking Band with Walter White where, you know, he picks up the phone, it's like, they're coming after you, Walter. And then, like you know, he's like lurching from A to Z, you know, uh, in this sort of manic, frenzied state. I felt like Walter White <laughs> making beer and lurching around. So and I wrote this song called Leave a Little Room because I just felt like everything about me that made me me was getting squeezed out. So uh, before we hear about this week's brewing job in partnership with Brew School and dive into the discussion with Sam from Signature Brew, here's an exclusive first play of my forthcoming single, Leave Little Room, taken from my new album which is out next March called The Whispers and Rumours of War. Sometimes I feel I'm fighting on my own Boxing the shadows, covering these dirty whitewash walls Forever feeling heartstrings are at war Endlessly chasing something, nothing these days I'm not sure anymore Won't you leave a little room for my soul? Leave a little room for my Leave a 
marching round like Walter White in haste. Every week we're partnering with Brew School to bring you the latest in brewing jobs here in the UK. And this week's highlighted job is with Camden Town Brewery who are looking for a lab technician. The lab team at Camden plays an instrumental role in helping the brewery meet the highest standards. Performing a variety of tasks that enables the production side of the business to produce their award winning beer. And they do this by feeding analytical data back into production that shows them what they're doing well and what areas they need to focus on. Now, if you head over to brewing-jobs.com and click the link, you can see a full list of key responsibilities, which also includes chemical, microbiological, physical and sensory analysis, uh, the essential requirements, the must-haves and the ideals to have, and look at the working pattern as the lab operates seven days a week working on shifts, meaning there will be some weekend work involved. Camden Town Brewery is an equal opportunities employer. They're proud to pay the London living wage. Disability confident, committed and Stonewall diversity champions. And there are lots of employer perks. Applications need to be in by November the 30th, 2020 by 6 p.m. So if that sounds like the job for you, head over to brewing-jobs.com and get ready for a career in brewing in partnership with Brew School. Don't forget, if you dig the Hop Forward podcast and want to see it become top of the hops above all those other pesky podcasts, uh, I'm joking, there's some good podcasts out there, then head over to iTunes, Spotify, and all the other places that stream the show and leave a glowing review. You can also follow us on social media at Hop Forward Beers and visit our website, hopforward.beer, to find out how we can help you get ahead in the brew beer business. In short, we make your beer look as good as it tastes and we help you brew up a better business. So DJ, spin that vinyl, hit the play button as we do it again and chat.
Dan McGregor, co-founder of East London's brewery that is brewed with music, Signature Brew. This week on the Hot Four Podcast, I'm joined by Sam McGregor from Signature Brew. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. How are you doing? Doing, uh, doing okay, all things considered. So trying to keep keep positive and uh, keep active. So yeah, all yeah. good. So are you in the brewery at the moment, or is that an office I can see behind you? Or yeah, I'm in the uh, I'm in the brewery. I'm in the office. Just upstairs. Nice all office space. Magic happens downstairs. It's um, it lo- looks like a nice office for a brewery, because yeah, a lot of well, a lot of offices I've uh, I've I've been privy to in breweries are just awful. <laughs> I mean, we've been in this uh, site for a year, and and uh, I had an office with no windows for quite a few years before that. Um, so I'm very happy to have a nice have a chair. A ch- wow, chair. Yeah, windows are the next grade up. It's like when you go uh, as a musician when you go to a studio. And it's like, wow, they've got windows. And it's like, yeah, that's going to cost you another £100 an hour. For some of our listeners who might be unfamiliar with the brewery, can you give us a lowdown on who you guys are, what kind of setup you've got there, and some of the history behind Signature Brew? Yeah, sure. Um, so Signature Brew was founded by myself and my cousin Tom Bott uh, in 2011. Uh, I came from kind of a music um, musician, touring background, music industry stuff. And uh, Tom came from a brewing background, and we were both sick and tired of drinking terrible beer. Are you allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'll save it for later. Um, but yeah, we didn't want to drink terrible beer at gigs anymore. The, the choices, the range at gigs, festivals, anywhere, anywhere really that there's live music is always uh, bad and still is so we would we've tried to kind of solve that problem by making collaboration beers with musicians and bands and we didn't have any investors we didn't have any money we just had enough sort of cash to make one batch of beer which we did with with a band the rifles um and then we just used all the money that we got back from selling it to make the next beer and we did that for a few years and then just slowly over the last i don't know well yeah we're coming into our uh, we've just gone through our ninth uh, year and yeah, we just had to slowly start behaving more and more like a normal brewery. Uh, so core range, that kind of stuff. And eventually building our own brewery. We didn't, we brewed it. We think we in one year we brewed at 11 different breweries. Tom would travel all over the country brewing beer. Um, and we got our first site in 2014. Um, it was a 10, 10 barrel. I'm going to switch between barrels and heck in a minute which is annoying but um yeah 10 barrel brewery um uh and then last year 2019 we moved to a bigger site where we've got now got a 32 heck uh brew kit for vessel uh, kit and uh yeah our kind of current capacity is about 15,000 uh, hectoliters a year and um, with more space to expand on that this uh next year more tanks coming in etc so yeah, that's that's a potted history. I should be good at this because I've done it so many times. But I, <laughs> I, I sometimes I'm, I really want to. Uh, I probably should just practice it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So just out of interest, talking about the annual hectoliterage, how, how will the SBR reforms that have been proposed affect you guys? Um, they they actually we're sort of lucky. We've we've just got through the you know um, 
over the over the line, and I don't think it will affect us um, particularly unless the volumes go massively down. But at the same time, I still think it's a really you know we're we're not in favour of them, and I think it's uh, you know it's pulling the drawbridge up on smaller breweries that might not want to have fast growth or might not want to get to a certain level. So it, it really, um, oh yeah, we were, we were, Tom was very vocal about it and he can talk much more at length about it. I'm probably going to put my foot in it somewhere if I say the wrong thing, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, I, I don't, well, I don't really know what they're doing. The government <laughs> with regards to that, certainly. And in my opinion, anything like that with regards to GT reform should have been kicked down the road at least one or two years whilst they figure out what's going on with the hospitality industry and making sure that we can all survive rather than trying to tax smaller small breweries. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, just on, on that as well, we're, we're one of the highest, and I'm sure you know this, one of the highest, uh, we pay the highest GT, one of the highest GT rates for alcohol uh, and beer in particular in all of Europe. So um, I think going upwards from here is, is not where we should be, what we should be doing. Yeah, totally agree. And just, again, out of interest, um, as a uh, penniless sitar player, for want of a better word, um, coming into the industry uh, back in 2011, I mean, you say about um, funding the business, you know, going around all these different breweries. Like, have you had to um, basically bootstrap funding your brewery or have you got investment along the way or how's, how's that kind of worked? Yeah, so we um, we just used our own money at the very beginning um, and then we've kind of kind of picked up uh, investors along the way kind of like a weird car with just more people getting in it um so i think there's now 780 investors in the car uh from two crowdfunding rounds um which we did in 2014 and 2018 and yeah we, i mean i would say we've bootstrapped it. it it still feels weird for me now when we're talking we have like I'm doing inverted commas, obviously your your <laughs> listeners can't see that, but we have management, senior management meetings and all sorts of bits and pieces like that now. Um, whereas it's pretty in my pretty recent memory when it was just me and Tom doing everything ourselves, I would do the sales and branding and marketing and stuff and and drive the van around and Tom would make all the beer. Um, so now now we've got a really uh, really strong team. I would say the best. In yep. the UK, but I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how's your experience as a musician shaped and crafted the way Signature Brews develops since 2011, and, and how you operate? I mean, it's, it does sound a little bit like going from being the indie band in the, you know, with a small van driving around to beat up venues to all of a sudden, like, you know, being on a world tour with an entourage, and I just want the brown M and M's and all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I mean, I was, I was. I mean, it helped that I was never in a very good band. So we never really got that far above the UK toilet circuit and driving around in an LDV convoy, which, uh, you know, which I'd still, still would do a job of a hat, still sometimes can do if, uh, if some bands let me. I play trombone. Uh, trombone oh, wow, well, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes uh, bands occasionally let me play in their bands. And... Uh, I still get to go and do do shows and stuff, but the the the, the similarities between the U, UK independent music scene and the beer craft beer scene is, you know, they're 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 numerous, and I've talked about it loads of times before. The kind of ethos, the mentality, the kind of DIY approach. I think it, I was yeah, I was in the DIY 
punk scene when I was from when I was about 16. And, you know, yeah, we'd go to all these venues and you'd eat, drink, you'd drink shit beer and you'd eat cold pasta and, and uh, just try and sleep, you know, seven blokes sleeping in a van, uh, that sort of stuff. And it's very similar with what we do at uh, Signature um, where we've done so much of the stuff ourselves. Um, you know, our sort of default position is can we do it ourselves uh, with pretty much everything. So the cold store here at this brewery uh, top, and, the, well, and the previous two cold stores, Tom, Tom built, built them. And we've got loads of bits and pieces around the brewery where we did it ourselves. And obviously now we've got a few more technical things that require more pro people. But um, yeah, default position is let's let's just get 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 stuff done ourselves. Yeah. So let's talk about music venues and beer then, uh, just while we're drawing some of the um, similarities and comparisons. I mean, it, it seems as if more and more independent music venues are vanishing. And that was before COVID hit. Um, I mean, I dread to think what it's going to be like you know in the months ahead um but you know you get these mainstream brands like the o2 academy and and even quite a few independently owned venues that i've been to the they either tend to stock either macro beer brands and or widely distributed craft brands such as like brew dog and brooklyn brewery i mean what why do you think music venues when there's such a uh similarity and and um they're so synonymous together music and beer why, why do you think they have such crap beer and do you see there being much scope for music venues to em- embrace more localised beers? Because I remember a music venue in Sheffield um, called The Boardwalk, which is sadly closed down now. I've done many a gig there and supported some band... Well, Arctic Monkeys is probably the biggest one that I supported whilst I was there. And, and they served all these amazing beers from like Abbeydale Brewery and, and other local breweries. And you just don't come across that anymore. So like, what? why do you think that is? And do you think that'll ever sort of change as music I mean, venues come back online? There's or? lots of venues out there that are getting it, that get absolutely getting it right. By having a strong craft beer offering, it, you get people in earlier. You, you, you know, I can remember before I, before I boycotted Weatherspoons, um, I would go to, you know, the, the drink the cheapest beer at the, venue near you know the place nearest to the venue and you just turn up right at the end just before the main band and then you leave immediately afterwards often getting pushed out by the venue whereas i think the way that music venues one of the ways that music venues independent music venues can survive and do really well is by having a really strong offering and encouraging people to come down earlier see the support bands support more local bands and stay as long as you can after the gig and part of having you know venues like Red Rum in Stafford, the Salty Dog in Northwich, um, Crawford Arms in near Milton Keynes. Those guys all have amazing beer offerings and amazing community vibes. So you go down there early, you get a beer. You're going to spend you, you know your spend per head's going to be higher for those venues, and people are going to you know remember that experience better. So um, I think the reason you know why the macro lagers are in those places is because they those brands put a lot of value on being sold in those places so when you're you know and and lots of these music venues require real passion to be able to operate them properly so you need to really believe in what you're doing it's not Mm. a cash cow it's not it's not like you know run a small independent music venue if you want to get rich quickly (laughs) don't do that be a banker or something but um so it requires that level of passion. And I think 
what happened what has happened to some of them over the years is that you know times might be hard and some big brewery comes along with a big paycheck and they want to stick up you know carlsberg back in the day red stripe whatever it might be on the wall and they're willing to pay over the odds for that for that privilege um you know i'm sure you can remember um carling reading reading and leeds festival oh yeah gosh yeah you know you know Tuborg was a brand that they launched almost to was was launched around being associated with music when obviously it had nothing to do with music other than how much money they were pumping into these venues and you know and you see other other drinks brands like Jack Jack Daniels and Jägermeister will pay money to have you associate your good time with a good artist seeing a seeing a good band with those brands so i think that's why that's why lots of these venues you know have taken the big pay having taken the paychecks to keep themselves going when times have been hard and sometimes you get sucked into uh into these big macro um beer brands um so yeah that's that's why i think it's happened yeah so, I mean, talk about some of the collabs you're doing. So you, you do a lot of collabs with um, various bands. I mean, it was interesting you mentioned the Rifles because I forgot about them, actually. It was, um, I I used to work uh, years and years ago now um, for a uh, building contractor. My colleague Dave was proper into them, like bands like the Rifles and Milburn, oh, yeah, all, yeah. all around that kind of time. Um, so, I mean, talk about some of them you've done. You've you, you done, um, uh, was it Summer Lager with the sports team? Like one yeah. of the more recent ones and the uh, the smoke lager was absolutely fantastic i oh, say yeah i was really uh really proud of so i mean how, how do collaborations with musicians and artists work just talk us through that process and what what's it like and what, what's their takeaway when they come away from um, the brew day well i think what they the t- their takeaway is that they get to be involved and create their own beer which is which is a really unique experience and and we've found over the years and you know the certain bands just pick it up straight away it's like the more they get the more they put into it the more they get out of it um so yeah those two beers this year i was really pleased we were actually able to able to even do it you know we we were not sure what was going to happen um when march was happening uh but sports team absolutely lovely people um really fun band they this was this was meant to be their big year they had all these festival things they got nominated for the mercury music prize and turned out that they're just yeah like i say absolutely lovely they loved they loved signature really loved coming down here i can't actually remember how that one came around i don't remember who hooked it up or who contacted who sometimes we reach out sometimes friend of a friend sometimes um uh yeah sometimes you know, mutual mutual contact type thing. Uh, so that one, yeah, uh, uh, it was just super fun. It, we, we did the tasting on like an incredibly hot day. They came back for the brewing because they all lived to, they all lived together as right. a band. So we were able to meet up with them during uh, during lockdown. Um, and then the band, yeah, the beer came out um, in July, I think. And uh, what else happened? Yeah. I'm trying to remember what happened. It's been it's been a blur, blurry yeah. uh, summer, um, and the smoked uh, the smoked lager, which um, yeah, I'm really proud of that as well. Uh, is that came around through uh, the guys who run London Craft Beer Festival, and we they introduced me. I, I did they did a event where uh, Dynamite MC was part of it 
for in place of uh, Bigfoot, and I was there as well, and we kind of met each other. And uh, he he's also a wine sommelier at the Clove Club. All oh, right, okay. So that was like that was really interesting, and he obviously had like a base uh, background knowledge about how alcohol is is made. And also he was releasing an album on Hospital Records, who we also have a really good relationship with, and we've done a bunch of beers with them. So it all kind of fell into place um, and culminated with the weirdest sit-down drum and bass gig you can possibly imagine. But it was absolutely incredible. Everyone yeah. loved the beer. And, yeah, seeing um, seeing those guys performing in the brewery was, was really exciting. Mm. So, I mean, talk about the performances oh. in the brewery. Talk about what it was like before covid and the atmosphere and stuff, and then how you've had to adapt that since. Because, I mean, I've, the last gig I went to was in December when everything seemed right with the world and I was watching Richard Hawley. But, um, you know, I, I can't imagine going to a venue now and it being really sparse. On one level, I'd love it because I've got to the nearly the grand old age of 40. I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to stand anymore and be squashed. I want to sit in my seat with my Maltesers <laughs> and chill out. But, like, how, how is it um, sort of... Comparing pre-COVID and post-COVID, like what's that experience been like? Well, I think uh, you know, I too like to sit down, um, but the fact that people have been starved of it for so long, and the fact that we were able to do socially distanced seated gigs that everyone felt comfortable yeah. with was amazing because people were like, "Yeah, I think people are really keen for it to get back to before." Um, but yeah, sitting down watching gigs you know, can recommend it for certain types of <laughs> But um, uh, we, we basically, yeah, we kind of the, the approach that we had was let's just, let's just see what we can do. You know, we, the whole way through all of this, we've tried to maintain a positive attitude and try and keep pushing forward. So it kind of made sense when we were like, let's just see if we can do it. So, so we, you know, we, we checked all of the, all the regulations, spoke to the council, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we did. We only we only did one gig properly before lockdown, um, which was for Manchester Punk Festival, and it was with the the women of Manchester Punk Festival who we brewed a beer with, and they came and brewed a beer on the day, and then there was a gig, and all of that just kind of it was so good. And then you know it kind of felt like the last days of Rome almost because we sort of could see what was coming. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, I've I've, I've 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 waffled on. I forgot what you're asking me. Like, what's it like? The gigs. I mean, we're taking it as it as it comes. I don't know when this is going to come out. Um, but we've got Alexis Taylor from Hot Chip performing tomorrow night in the brewery. Uh, all seated, sold out. So that's going to be it's going to be exciting. Nice. Um, and a few more things queued up for the rest of the year, which is great. Um, just about to start putting gigs back on at our a tap room venue in Haggerston. But I think the you know, the my sort of short answer to maybe this is not the answer to the question, but yeah, I just wanted to get back to get back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I think we all do. It's um you know, yesterday I was just I just found everything. Well not just yesterday, of late, everything's like wading through treacle. Um and it's just you know, I just feel much slower. But not in a kind of good kind of like slow kind of in, in in tune with the world kind of way just in a kind of like this is like just you know my feet are in porridge <laughs> it's just well, it's just hard to know what's going on you know it's hard to get your head around it it's hard anyway normal life is hard to understand yeah. and now it's just like 
government and all kinds of people pulling in all different directions. No one knows what to do. Everyone's a bit on edge. It's very hard to chill out. It's very hard to, particularly people like us who work in the, you know, drinks hospitality industry, feel like we're on the front line here. The sort of in in our our livelihoods are more in jeopardy than some of the people. Obviously, some people are much more negatively affected. Um, But yeah, it's just it's just that. Just hard to kind of keep going, but mm. I'm really proud of what Singapore's achieved, and you know it's definitely helped me sort of personally just be able to exist. Yeah, I mean th- that leads us nicely to the next question. I mean, how has COVID nineteen affected Signature Brew? And I guess a similar question from the musicians that you know: um, how has it affected musicians across the board? Um, I think musicians have had probably they must be some of the worst supported people from the government because mm. you know anybody who's working in the kind of gig economy is difficult to prove your income and all that sort of business so um i think they've been really very negatively impacted by it um we've hired a few musicians who are out of work um to help drive vans help work behind the bar here and one of them was saying to me the other day like i had all had all my gigs cancelled you know, had Glastonbury cancelled all these other big festivals that were going to pay their, you know, their annual money. Um, and now the threat of the bars being shut. So I might be getting sacked from two jobs oh, in one, man. you know, and I'd never even thought about it like that, but that's, that's very hard to, for some people. Um, in terms of Signature Brew, I, I, I think we've we've just sort of, like I said, kept our heads down and, and worked hard to, keep putting beers out there. Um, we've been lucky with our online sales and, and supporting pubs and venues that were able to trade during lockdown. Um, just did anything we, anything we could really, um, just to survive. Mm. I think because we were set up for our, this was all going to be our big year of like, we just, you know, we just launched a new branding last year. We've got this new brewery. It's online. Beer's tasting amazing. Got the, you know, team in, everything's ready we were kind of set up for it if you if in a way so if you were on a bit of a if we like we were getting hyped up for big year all these big uh, targets and stuff and and exciting ideas that we had in the calendar whereas i think if some businesses perhaps if they were on a bit of a downturn and or flat or flat it might have been hard to kind of get get going again um so so it's, it's been it's been good to kind of get signature beers to more people throughout all this including yourself yeah yeah and as i said before start recording i mean everyone that i've had that i've been sent it's just been absolutely been spot on you know re- re- really good flavor really well uh, well balanced i know that sounds a little bit of a cliche when you're like oh it's a really well balanced beer but like um i, 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 <laughs> well, I do I, I do i do get sent you know a fair bit of beer and and um you know some are okay and and and, and good but like to, to get when you get ones where it's just like everything just seems like it's like when you get again as a musician it's when you get perfect mix you know and you listen to the mix of a song and everything's in its right place that's that's my experience so far with your beers has been like that so you're obviously doing something right so yeah well like i say we've got you know we've got the uh the head brewer here uh is also called tom he used to be um i mean he's been in the brewing industry for more than 10 years went to Harriet Watt did the first London Sour with Evan at the Colonel was head brewer at Stockholm Brewery 
Um, and it's been working at Signature Brew for, I think, three years, maybe. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's got all the knowledge. Now he's got all the technology. We've got the time, you know, we've got the, the branding and stuff. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, we've put out some of the best beers we've ever made this year. Um, and I'm really excited. We've yeah. just released the Fest, Fest beer called Love Balloon, which we had for kind of our October Fest, seated October Fest festival. Um, which was which was super fun, but that I mean that's it's an amazing lager. Yeah, I had that on Saturday actually, and it was um, watching once with uh, Glenn Hansard. You know, have you seen that film? No, no really, Glenn Hansard's a really good musician, um, and it just yeah, re- really nice lager. Um, I can't get enough of lagers at the moment actually. You know, yeah. I just I just think it's you go full circle as a drinker, you start on lager and it's kinda of like you, you go through the, all the you know, impy stouts and IPAs and sours and stuff and you set, you set, tend to come back to lager ultimately. But, yeah, I've, um, I've been on a similar journey. Yeah. Um just out of curiosity, I guess, uh, what what did you make of the recent government's ad telling Fatima to retrain in cyber? I just just tried not to look at it. I think I saw more memes about it yeah. than I actually saw of the real one. Um, I don't know what they're playing at. It's insane, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know how. I, I, you know, I used to. I love. I love that program. You know, um, uh, the thick of it. Yep. And like in the in the loop. But now that's not funny because it's less mental than what's really happening. Um, and I just, I'd love to be in all these, I'd lo- love to be in all these meetings that they have where they're like, is this a good idea? Yeah, probably. Let's find out. Let's find out tomorrow. Yeah. The best meme I saw of that was um, the one where it was showing all the different creative jobs that it took to make the ad, like a photographer, graphic designer, yeah. <laughs> a ballerina. <laughs> Honestly, I actually took the test um, and it, it, it said, oh, you, you, sh- you should do a creative job, like uh, either be a designer, a musician or a brewer. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> well, well, I'm kind of all those things. So thanks. I'll retrain as the thing I already am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so where, where, are you, uh, where are you working at the moment? Hot Forward is my company. Um, right. I do branding and marketing for breweries and other beer related businesses. So I work with a variety of brewers and bottle shops and various businesses really doing a variety of things. Um, but I used to run the Shepherd Brewery Company. I was head right. brewer, brewer and just about everything else. But um, I've just I've just got a nano brewery now. It's only one barrel. And it's in my cellar, but it's got commercial license and stuff. So cool. just just trying to get in a position to actually get my beers out to market again. I was I was going to brew my first relaunch beer yesterday and then my hot liquor tank element died so i was like great yeah, so that sounds like classic brewery problem yeah totally i was like this is exactly what i had at the brewery i worked at but on a small scale at home so it's nice because knowing what it's like running a brewery um you know and, and how much cash flow ever seems to be a an issue and all the rest of it i was just kind of like well you know the the um so doing consultancy and design and stuff kind of works for me in my lifestyle but i get to also brew you know once a week maybe and just on a small scale i don't have to live off it you know it's kind of like keeps my hand in brewing but yeah um that's good so i'm I'm sure like you know lots of businesses need help with marketing and branding right now and some businesses i've noticed have used the time to kind of reassess what they're doing and and kind of kind of almost relaunch like we've supported a bunch of bars and shops that have opened you know and a, a restaurant um we we were uh supplying during lockdown that they're 
just opened after lockdown. I was like, you know, respect to anybody who's who's doing that. So I'm sure you've got some uh, some cool clients who are kind of ha- you need that uh, they need your help to uh, reboot their businesses. Yeah, it's it's been interesting, really. It was, and it was it was interesting because when I on the run up to Ciber before, in fact, it was before Brew London. So COVID was just this thing off in China. <laughs> they're dealing with over there you know it's not gonna happen here and all that um i'd started a a marketing campaign um just just from observations i've made over the years of being in the beer industry about it's it's not enough to brew good beer anymore um you know standards higher it's only getting higher exactly you know and the thing where some breweries fall down is their branding and the thing that a lot of breweries fall down is their marketing um, and Im- implementing their marketing. And so I, I, I put this ad out um, in, both in the CB Journal and made these brochures about, um, you know, basically helping people brew up a better business and making your beer look as good as it tastes. And then a lot of the things that I'd kind of put in that brochure seemed even more applicable after COVID. So I was just like, well, you know, you, you've really got to, work even harder than ever on marketing because all of a sudden you know all the things that people relied on before such as you know um people going to bars and discovering your beers there all of a sudden like the amount of people inquiries i got from like can you build me a web shop <laughs> you know I was, sl- I was utterly slammed because it was just like all, all of a sudden everyone started to move online and and everything so i mean it, it, it has been good for me personally i'm busier than i've ever been which is good because I, I took my business full-time from april Right, um, that's great. I you mean, know, so I was bricking it at first, but then all of a sudden I was just like flooded with work, which was great. Well, that's, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like people, people need need the help because I think you know, I think certain certain there's certain amount of naivety of of people I find entering the beer world where they're just like, oh, I've got a cool idea, you know, I've got I'm going to make some beer. And it's like, you know, we I I was lucky that I had a long time to figure this out. If you were starting a brewery in the last two, three years, is because not only you can be, you can have amazing branding, you can have amazing beer, but people are quite loyal to whatever the hype thing is. That sounds like a, that's a bit of an oxymoron, but people get into certain brands and sort of stick to it. There's not mm. that. There's not the level of just giving everyone a chance that they used to be, and that's also because the standard is so high. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you, I, maybe it's a question for you. It's like, what do you have advice for any brewery who is kind of wants to break into trying to get people to try your beers and not, you know, even you even go onto, you know, your, your online beer websites and it's like they've got, I don't know, one beer from one brewery, but the, every single Verdant beer and every single day of beer. So it's quite hard to get space in those, in those, in those sites. Gosh, I mean, there's a question. It's like I was like I'm a guest on my own podcast. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. It's, it's a good question. Um, I mean, the, the two things that jump out initially for me, if I was starting a brewery now, um, would be first like test, 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 then scale. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't throw a shed load of money into starting a brewery. I'd probably contract brew or, or cuckoo brew or something for a good few years while I built the brand. Because p- people have a stronger allegiance to a brand than they do to, as you just pointed out, to a beer. Because hype beer, you know, hazy IPA is here one day and then tomorrow it's sours and then it's, you know, br- um, then it's brute IPAs or whatever, you know, uh, mountain IPA. That's what I saw the other day. I was like, what the hell is a mountain IPA? And it's a kind of 
Uh, from what I can gather, it's a it's a hybrid of a, a New England IPA and a West Coast IPA. So it's obviously they must be referring to like the Rockies or something in the middle of America. Um, so I'd, I'd I'd test the market and then um, whilst I I built a brand, and then I'd um, I guess I'd look for a niche. I mean, you've got a niche obviously with the musician thing. Um, my brand, Emmanuel's. My, uh, b- before I entered the beer industry, I worked for a church for a while uh, for my sins, and um, so um, I started this. What people start to refer to the Jesus beer. I'll have to send you what it looks like after. Um, you know, it's we had beers like Jonah in the Pale and Oh Hoppy Day and stuff. So I'd, I'd got my niche um, and was getting involved in like various Christian events and festivals and stuff, putting beer in there. But just found that because it was quite humorous as well. People liked it as a brand didn't necessarily have to be religious or anything um and yeah just just finding a niche but the, the the problem i see is a lot of people go into it like and they start a brewery and it's like well, what makes your brewery different oh we use the finest ingredients well doesn't everybody use the finest ingredients you know no one's like we, we use shit ingredients oxidized hops and like yeast that's been taken off the bottom of someone's shoe <laughs> to make our beer so yeah off, off the cuff that, wow, that was a little rant, wasn't it? No, no, get, get, go for it. I've been, I've been pent up because of COVID, so it's, <laughs> I've not been getting out to say all this to people. So, um, so I mean, here's a question for you. Imagine you're holding a collaboration beer festival with three beers on tap from three artists that who've brewed with you and are now performing at this beer festival in the brewery. They can be dead or alive. Who would those three artists be? What would the three beers they would have brewed with you be, and why would the artists have chosen that beer style? Oh, that's that's a big that's a big question. That's big, big reach. So, what has to be ones we've already brewed with before? No, no, no. It can be anyone, dead or okay. alive. Just like well, your dream, your dream collab beer festival with the performers who you brewed the beers with. Okay, so yeah, I again a bit like earlier. I should just have a standardised answer for this, and I always try and rethink it every time. Um, someone asked me it but i love that you've been asked before that's uh that's a story in and of itself yeah it's 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 one of the, the questions i get um in interviews and stuff but uh yeah i mean i would love to do a beer with the clash nice um but i would never you know say what beer i think that they would do because every time i've tried to do that in the past with bands i've pretty much always got it wrong and the things that we've ended up creating I ended up being something completely different to what, what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, sometimes there's a bit of, you know, suggestion when we're doing, we're writing recipes and stuff, but not, you know, nine times out of 10, it's really coming from, from them and they've got some ideas and we help them kind of realize them. Um, who else, who else would it be? I mean, uh, specials are probably one of my favorite bands. Um, and you know, that would, I would doing you know, original original lineup specials would be amazing, but they're still still active, so maybe that maybe that can still happen. Yep. Um, who else? Yeah, I kind of I'm not sure. I, I like some sort of you know one of the things we try and do now is pick bands from different genres and different styles of um, music, so that it's not just bands that I like because that, that's pretty narrow <laughs> yeah. and doesn't. <laughs> Uh, reflect all the people out in the world. So I'd probably try and go something, something a bit more off the wall, maybe. Um, God, 
Queen. Queen. That would be cool. I'm a huge Queen fan, so that would be yeah, that'd be a good beer. I think uh, I think I probably could go on like this for ages, but I won't. But like picking bands at certain moments would be like that would be fun to do. Oh yeah. Motley Crew at the beginning, that would be good. Yeah. Not not now. Yeah. It's kind of sad, isn't it, when you you get a band that has a this really big career and like I'll take Oasis as a prime example. Like those first two albums are just great. And then beer now was shit. And then it kind of went downhill from there. Um you know, and it's, I, I find it quite sad. You know, I, I guess that's why people look back at a band like the Stone Roses, for example, who only had two albums. Yeah. Like, oh, the Stone Roses are so great. And it's kind of like, well, they would have probably been crap if they'd have gone on to three and four, you know. Yeah, totally. There's so many bands that are like, I mean, I'll tell you one band that didn't do that. Uh, and I've never said, I never said this. Maybe it's just too much of a pipe dream and I don't like saying it, but like Blur would be amazing. They've just, they never did anything bad. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I didn't like Blur. I was an Oasis fan in the 90s, yeah. and I would have been like, Blur, I hate Blur. Um, but, you know, yeah. retrospectively... Quite interesting how they, how they manufactured that. Some, some That came from some PR's office, 100%. Totally. There's no way that Blur and Oasis... I was, say, I was a Blur person when I was at school, you know, and I was like, Oasis. <laughs> Songs are only like two chords. Um, but uh, it totally manufactured yeah totally i mean that album i think it was just called blur wasn't it that had song two and coughing tv and all that on it you know that was yeah. a great that was a great album that was like their fourth album though yeah um okay yeah blur would be my answer blur. My there you go yeah, yeah. sorry love, sorry, sorry freddie but you've been yeah. bumped yeah. Yeah. queen <laughs> queen out blur in <laughs> nice but, um all of the you know all of the people we've created beers with as well they would all be invited that sounds like one good beer festival. So just, just to round up then, I mean, wh- where do you see uh, the beer industry heading over the next few years? And I guess hospitality as, um, you know, we, we deal with all this. Um, I th- I'm sure that there's going to be some lessons that will be be able to be, have be, le- be learned. And I think perhaps people might appreciate uh, their hospitality, their favourite favorite venues a bit more and kind of continue to support them some of the practices that were going on before that might have been not efficient or whatever might stop but the beer industry i think unfortunately there might be a bit of a sort of shakeout where there's just i don't think the government is able or can afford to support every business yeah um you know applying for loans during this whole process where you had to prove that you needed it but prove you could afford to pay it back weird um and a lot of people have been through that process and come out of it and perhaps banks or whoever say that they couldn't afford it unfortunately so i think there might be a bit of a shakeout type situation but i'm not sure i've got one thing i've learned about this learned this year is never ever try and predict anything yeah and yeah. never pres- and, and never presume that you know this is just this is not really answering your question but one of the things that i've learned this year is just never presume you know what someone else's life is like even people who you know well mm. you know people can be going through all kinds of stuff that, that you ne- never hear about you don't know so 
Well, that's this is miles. I've gone off. The, I've gone off piece. Sorry. No, that's that's fine. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for being on the show today, Sam. Um, no how worries, can man. people find out more about Signature Brewing? Where where can they buy your beers? Which I would definitely recommend they should. Yeah. Um. I would just say check out all of our socials. Uh, it's just everything at Signature Brew, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, signaturebrew.co.uk, our website. You can buy all of the beers on there. You can get specials. We've got uh, another band collab coming out um, this year, uh, 2020. I don't know when this podcast is going to be released. Uh, so check that out. Christmas pub in a box if this comes out before Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas if it's Christmas time now. <laughs> Happy New Year, if it's not. <laughs> Happy yeah, Easter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just on our on our website, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you. No worries. Thanks very much, Nick. And uh, I'll, I'll, you have to come down to the brewery. Absolutely. Today's episode of the Hot Four podcast was brought to you by SSV Limited. From tanks to full brew houses, SSV Limited has got you covered. SSV Limited have established themselves as the go-to partner to help you grow your brewery. High quality tanks, parts, brewing kit, coupled with the knowledge and experience to ensure your project runs smoothly from beginning to completion, whether it's equipment supply, fully turnkey or anything in between. Their parts shop stocks well over a thousand essential brewing parts to keep your brewery up and running, many of which are available on next day delivery. Visit their website on ssblimited.co.uk. That's ssblimited.co.uk. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Four podcast this week. Don't forget, we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at hotforwardbeers. Until next time, cheers. Uh, so